Um, this is Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 to 4, found on page 972 of the Church Bibles. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. This is the word of the Lord. I think, yes, I'm on. Excellent. Great. Uh, It's brilliant to be back and to be able to share with you um, again today. I, um, I feel a bit freer because this morning I preached, but there was the uh, communion table. So I felt like confined to a small space. So I can wander and wave my arms and not worry about candles. Not that I was worried, but Sarah said she thought I was about to hit it at one point. (laughs) But anyway, um, for those that don't know me, I'm Jonathan, uh, occasional speaker, um, and yeah, obviously regular attendant at the sixth service, which I love and think it's great, and I really enjoy, and I'll reflect on that a little bit later on. I also run Good Company, which is the food banks and the pantry and the refugee work. So for me, this collection of verses is really relevant because sometimes there is a challenge in people that we serve and we support, um, because I look at them and I think, whoa, they Sometimes it's difficult because they're not people I'd naturally engage with. And um, it may be, I'll be honest, sometimes people sit there, you can smell them. And I'm like, whoa, okay. But I just need to treat everybody the same and serve and support them. And there was um, one time, just as we started, that um, I said to somebody, yeah, do you want deodorant? And they went, uh, and the person sitting next to me went, yes, he does, because he really smells. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So we ticked it and gave it. But it is a challenge. So I'm really excited that I've got the opportunity to talk about this second encounter in the series. Obviously, Martin started it last week, and um, I'm going to carry on talking it through. And I think it's great, because for me, they are illustrations about how we should live our life. And we need to adopt them, take them on board, and see them enacted in how we are. But I know that's harder, it's easier said, than it is actually done. But it is a challenge, and that's what I want to hopefully share with you a little bit today, and help you with some guidance as we do that. So let's unpack and really just go through the story. A few verses. Here it is, Jesus has just wandered off a mountain. Now, obviously, he's not just wandered off a mountain. He's just delivered a sermon um, that I'd have been quite happy to have delivered myself. The Beatitudes, you know, wasn't bad. Um, It was good. But as you would, anybody that does anything where you're sharing from the front, you're giving, you know that when you give something, you give from all of who you are. I can't stand here and just do a few words. So when I give, I give from everything I am. And that to me is how Jesus preaches. He gives from everything. So when you then come out of it, you're absolutely often exhausted because you've given out from that space. And I think that's really important in the context of this situation. Because Jesus has come down the mountain and it doesn't say there was a crowd with him. It basically says there was a large crowd. So to me, that's a lot of people have wandered down with Jesus as he's heading towards, we think, Capernaum, that's where he heads up. And um, so he comes down, there's this large crowd around him. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, 
a leper appears and kneels in front of him. Now you may think, oh yeah, that's what it says. But let's just unwind that a little bit. We're saying a leper. Now another description for a leper is basically the living dead. As far as most people are concerned, lepers are dead people. They don't want anything to do with them. As they reckon that the leprosy has come because of the sin in their life. They are the lowest of the low. They're so low that in their clothes, they have bells. So that you can hear them come in. Not Christmas type. The not we don't want to see you type. And then they also are meant to be 12 steps away from anybody. That is quite a key point. They're meant to be 12 steps. And then the final thing is, they walk around, if they're near people, and obviously they're still 12 steps away, they need to be shouting, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. Now maybe a bit of interaction here, just say it, you don't have to say it really loud, but just say out, I'm unclean. Say it. It's not a very nice thing to say, is it? If you think about it, I'm unclean. So here you've got a guy, we presume he was on his own, basically in a very large crowd, I reckon at least 500 people, walking around shouting, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, ringing like Father Christmas, and then literally appearing suddenly, it's one of the translations, at Jesus and kneels in front of him. And at this point, you can just imagine all the disciples and the people that can see it, we go, oh, there's a sudden intake of breath. And I'm sure they'll be going, no, 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 this is not a good situation. Don't do this. And he's going, if you're willing, you can heal me. And Jesus stretches out his hand. And I think that's the point where the disciples go, everybody's looking, he ain't going to touch him, is he? You can't touch him, he's a leper. He's the dead, virtually. Might as well be, as far as we're concerned. So there he is, stretching out. Yes, he touches him. And I can imagine at that point, there'd be this sudden intake of breath. Jesus has just touched and healed the lowest of the low of the low. And then it's like, whoa, what happens next? And what does Jesus do? The, the leper obviously goes, you know, thank you. And um, Jesus says, just don't tell anybody. You're like, whoa, why not? No, no, just don't tell anybody. I don't know exactly why he says that. But I think it's because he doesn't want to focus on what's happened in that moment. It's about him touching him. But he does say, go and tell the priest. And I think it's about challenging the priest of what's gone on demonstrating what's happening. And that's the bit, and then it, Jesus carries on, and there's another moment. But don't you just think, that is an incredible encounter. And I suspect the leper and all the people that saw that happen will never forget that moment. Just like, wow, wow, in that moment. So really simple story, but incredibly powerful. So what's it say to us, to you and me today, as we're here in the middle of Ashdod on an incredibly windy night? What does it say? I think there's three things. The first one is that I genuinely think there's some of us in this space 
that feel that Jesus can't use us. Jesus can't love us. Jesus can't transform us. But that leper was the lowest of the low. And Jesus literally said, yes, the guy humbled himself in front, knelt down, touched him, his hand, and healed him in that moment. And it doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, anything that's gone on, Jesus loves you, absolutely loves you. And as far as he's concerned, you're clean. So literally, say to yourself now, out loud, I'm clean. And that so, feels so different, doesn't it, to saying I'm unclean. You are clean because you're washed by the blood of the Lamb. And Jesus has saved you and redeemed you. And Jesus loves you. And there is absolutely nothing you can do that will ever change that. He will always love you. And if there's one thing you take away from today, take that. doesn't matter what you do. Jesus will always love you. But the second thing is that this guy, as I sort of illustrated, he basically just got to the front of this incredibly large crowd, found a little bit of space, and then knelt down. And now I'm thinking, you got the bells, you're shouting, you're meant to be 12 steps away. How did you do that? But he went after. This, his belief was he knew Jesus could change his life. So he pursued him, and then he humbled himself in that space. Now, I don't know what goes on in your lives, but sometimes we need to pursue Jesus. And then we need to humble ourselves in front of him. My, um, I get this right, my son's partner's sister is really ill. And um, she's not Christian. We do chat about it. And my son's partner messaged me on Tuesday to say, I don't know what to do, but all I can do is ask you, please, can you pray? And I was like, oh, and you could feel the emotion in the message. That was quite brave. But for her, she was desperate in that situation. She just cried out. And sometimes it is about, you know, that guy was just desperate and he cried out and he knew he needed to get himself in front of Jesus, no matter what else was going on. And so um, obviously I prayed and I told a few people, house group message out to people, and uh, her name's Melissa. And at that point in time, she was having an operation. Uh, she's got sepsis um, and they really weren't sure if she was gonna make it at the operation. She did, but she's still in hospital, still really chronically ill. So I'd love it if you can pray for Melissa. But when something challenging happens, it does focus your thinking into that point. And often when we are challenged or things going on, it challenges us to take it to God. And sometimes I feel we can end up, we drift into what I call a sort of darkness of society and dark ends. And I read this phrase that said, it's great when it's light because you can see where you're going. But when it's dark and it feels all dark, you can look up and see the stars. And there's moments of incredible. And it's about saying, hey God, where are you in what's going on? Come, I will humble myself at your feet, but then I will feel your presence 
and your answers into these situations. And then the third thing, and uh, this is my last bit in it, but is the encounter. And obviously this series is about encounters, and I think encounters is great. And encounters can be on a different levels. They can be number of people together. They can just be you seeing or hearing something. I believe in this situation, that leper, he'll never forget that encounter. I genuinely think all the other people that observed that situation, that precise moment where Jesus stretched out his hand to touch the leper, they'll never forget that moment either. It was an encounter, a miraculous encounter. But the challenge for us is, how many encounters do we embrace? How many do we see? Um, I think it was last week, might have been the week before, Sarah um, gave a statement about her maths and about the fact that 10% of Ashdead came through St. St. George's and St. Giles um, over that Christmas week. Now, I think that's brilliant. But did you realise that you were all then involved, you're all part of that encounter for that 10% of this community? You're all in that. And isn't that incredible? So it means that actually, if you get up and after the meeting, pop next door to the woodman, you see 10 people lined up. One of them would have been through St. George's or St. Giles. And the challenge is then, can we pray, find out which one that is and pray for them? And do you know what I mean? I'm just saying that actually people are encountering Jesus and sometimes we're not even realizing it. And then secondly, about two weeks ago now, Phil was leading, Sarah was preaching, Gary was doing the worship. And I hadn't been to one before, it was the combined one, and a couple before that had been Christmas, and I'd been at my mum's church. And uh, I came in, and it was just, you could sense this gentle sense of God in this space. And I just knew God was here. And for me, that was an encounter. It was like, yes. And I just really enjoyed it. And I felt really invigorated as I went back out into my week. Now, I don't know where your last encounter was, but part of what we want to do towards the end is pray that we can see those encounters happen. But also, that when can you remember that moment you had your encounter, your first encounter with Jesus? Can you remember that moment? I can remember not one, two or three moments. And they were like, whoa. But to an extent, they were in the dim and distant past. And I think a little bit that for some of us, we feel like, no, you know what? One is I'm not that clean. Two, actually, no, I don't think I'm in that world of encounters anymore. I don't think it's going to happen. And that's what we need to kind of Break out, say, no, this is for all of us. This is for all of us. I want to read a little story, and then I'm going to finish. Um, it's a bit of a random story, but I like it. It's about a hamster, hamster's wheel, really. Ever heard of a hamster's wheel? The question is, do they ever make hamster wheels that don't squeak? I don't think they do. So here it goes. Right, it starts just when I put the boys to bed. The swill just squeak, 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 around it goes. Then off when we go to bed, tennis at night, it's still squeaking, squeaking. And I'm thinking, how many miles is that little thing running? And then about two in the morning, when the dog wants to go out, I get up and I can hear it in the background, squeak, squeak, through the middle of the night, quiet. And then when I get up in the morning, about seven-ish, 
blinking into, unco- into consciousness, it's that squeak, squeak that pulls me out of bed. Because once you're hearing it, that's all you can hear. It's relentless and impossible to ignore. And so I go and do my prayers. This is why it's not me. It's the song behind me when I speak into the morning dark of the first part of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will on earth be done as it is in heaven. The hamster wheel squeaks, squeaks, squeaks. And it occurs to me that the kingdom of God has been at work all this time. That when I'm asleep, when I'm distracted, when I'm unaware, it is still turning, turning, turning. God at work, always in the world he created. Listen, I believe that I'm the centre of the living universe, that the world begins and ends with my to-do list, that if I stop holding it together, it will all fall apart. But in the dark morning, the hamster wheel turns, and I'm reminded of the ongoingness of it all, that as I sleep, the kingdom of God is growing and moving and changing everything, turning the world around that we wake into a kingdom that is always already happening. The will squeaks its relentless song and the sun rises a little bit at a time and we're invited to step into the healing, non-stop current of kingdom living once again, full of encounters. And for some of us, it said it was this, this distant past of actually... I'm not there when the encounters are happening. But it doesn't matter. God's been working. God has been constantly turning. Things have been happening. And let's draw it to close now. But for me, it's about saying, okay, how can we reignite those encounters? How can we humble ourselves to see that happen? Behind St. Giles, there's a labyrinth I'm sure all of you know this. I do it, I've been up there a few times. Look at the text. There's a unique word right in the middle that will challenge you. But actually, the labyrinth is about stepping into what I feel like a spiritual space. And I'd encourage you, if you're struggling or you're feeling like I'm not in that connection, go up, take a stone, walk the path put the stone down, hit the center, you come back out, pick up your stone. There's something, it's like, whoa, there's a sense of God in that space. There's something that brings it to life. And so, as we reflect, and um, Tim's gonna come back up in a minute, it's my little nod. To me, the thing is how we need to respond and how for some of us in this space we need to go God I need to feel your encounters again I have felt unclean I need to feel a touch of you but for some of us that means humbling ourselves and pursuing God in the spaces where we are and like that leper appeared from nowhere, literally, knelt at the face of God, said, if you're willing, you can heal me. And he said, of course I'm willing. 
and reached out and healed him. And the guys are going to play. And I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to pray. But what I'd like to do is to invite you to maybe come to these steps and to kneel if you want to have another sense, an encounter of God. And it may be as we go out from this week, but you just need to humble yourselves and say, hey, Jesus, I want to put myself back at your feet again. I want to receive a touch of your Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray. The guys are just going to start the first song. And if you feel that's for you, then I'd encourage you. Because God's definitely in this space. And there's definitely some of us that need to step out of our space and to sit and be there. Father, I thank you that we are free to make our choices for you. That we're free to stand and to worship. And Lord, that there's nothing that can come between us and you. That no matter how unclean we feel we are, you just want to love us completely. And you want us to have those encounters of you dynamic interactions, humbling ourselves at your feet. So Father, I pray for your Holy Spirit just to fall on all of us now and just to stir and inspire us to pursue you in all we do. In Jesus' name, amen.